Oh, welcome to the podcast with your host, Laura. <coughs> oh, sorry, <coughs> something in my throat. <coughs> oh, that's better. Yes, welcome to my podcast, Walk with Lawrence, the podcast where I walk and talk with some wonderful human beings. Some of them will be my friends. Some of them will be people I've just met. Either way, it's going to be a scrumptiously delightful conversation that I hope you get a lot from. I hope you have some laughs. I hope you have some tears. A whole range of emotions. Either way, I hope you enjoy it. And I love you very much. And thank you very much. Here's the podcast. To prepare for the intro for today's guest, I was sat on the train last night. I was pondering upon the career of this man. I was thinking, how will I write the intro? And then, ping, check my phone. WhatsApp has gone off. My mum, and I promise you this is true, my mum has messaged me randomly out of the blue. And the message was, have you heard of The Doctor's Kitchen? Uh, and I was, and I was like, uh, um, it's so weird that you messaged me, asked me that question now. I was like, I'm actually going to his flat tomorrow and recording a podcast. No way. I promise you. And then she was like, oh my goodness, I've just been speaking to my friend in the south of France, Janie, who I grew up with, um, who's just messaged me saying that one of her students, because she teaches English down there, who apparently is a, a, a very handsome engineer chap in his okay. mid-30s, um, brought one of your books to one of her classes and was like, you've got to check this guy out, you've got to you know, try his recipes, and she's just been like swearing by your book and sharing it with all of her other students and all of her other community in the south of France. That's amazing. The south of France. That's, that's, that's so weird. So weird. There's so much, <laughs> there's so much that's weird about that. Yeah. The fact that she messaged me about you at that particular moment when I was literally sitting down on the train (laughs) on the commuter train to do these notes and so because of that I thought sod it I'm not going to do an intro to this guy he's got (laughs) so much stuff going on you recently did a post about all the things that you've got going on and I looked at it and I was like how the hell is that possible so I I wouldn't be able to do the intro justice so would you mind Rupi if you did it (laughs) but tell us all the, the trillion things that you're up to at the moment or what sure, you do. Sure, man, yeah. I mean, that, that, that for me makes me feel warm inside because that's exactly kind of what I wanted to, to happen. It's just to trying to trickle down where it's not me delivering the message. It's actually a whole bunch of other people sharing the content and trying to improve their lives. So I suppose to do a little intro to me, it's, I started my project, The Doctor's Kitchen, really to help inspire people um, about the beauty of food and also the medicinal effects of eating well. I basically create recipes and bring to light attention to the clinical research behind the ingredients I use. Um, and what started as a passion project four years ago has now snowballed into me trying to figure out how to inspire the next generation of medical students and doctors to talk confidently about nutrition and to use food as an adjunct to conventional therapies like pharmaceuticals and like surgical interventions um i suppose yeah i'm a general practitioner i work in a e i'm founder of culinary medicine uh i do my nutritional medicine masters at the moment i'm uh, on the nhs clinical entrepreneurship program and uh i'm uh, embarking on a digital tech company that i'm trying to start which i'm sure we can get into a bit later um and i just want to try and change people's relationships uh with food to see it more as you know, an integral part of well-being rather than just something that we modify to look or feel a certain way. Um, I love that. I mean, some people call you the Jamie Oliver of the NHS <laughs> for having funded, founded the culinary medicine 
initiative how would you call it yeah i would say it's um it's a community interest project we're going to be transitioning into a charity but coloring medicine is uh, a collaborative organization that i founded which improves the links between dietitians medics um, and chefs because when you have that holy trio of professionals some incredible things can happen and it elevates the conversation around food and doesn't detract away from what traditional medicine has has given us over the last you know few decades like you know hundreds of years um so yeah so i i think that hopefully over the next few years will generate this uh, the, the interest and create a new generation of uh, nutritionally literate um, doctors and healthcare professionals. I mean, that on itself, by itself, as a project, is such a huge undertaking and such a huge achievement to, to, to pull off, let alone the fact that you've written two books now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, as you say, you are a GP. Uh, and like you do things like you casually launch uh, online an online course you know to help people and I'm like if I if I manage to pull that off and get all these people to come in and um, and learn and to have all these kind of takeaways to take into their life I'd be like oh that's you know that's six months focused work and you're almost doing it on the side yeah. as a as a kind of I think I'll do that and then you go I mean what I'd like to discuss in this podcast we're, we're going to speak a little bit about food but to be honest with you I want to speak about the tools that make rupee rupee okay, that make yeah. rupee the doctor's kitchen yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. i'm really i'm actually going through a phase where i'm trying to establish what drives people what drives me but what drives other people what we can learn from each other so yeah i'd love love to get into that well mate the timing is um is perfect in that case i mean assuming obviously you go on tv um the national press and a lot of the questions that you get asked are quite rightly around uh, your expertise around food and food as medicine mm. um, but I'm glad that we can take this off on a slight tangent um, to discuss uh, yeah how you were able to be so prolific with the, with the quality of work I mean I'm sorry to I want to big you up because this is my chance to do it officially <laughs> in front of the whole world I want to shout it from the rooftops yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care I want everyone to know <laughs> now um, in, in the middle of this park yeah, in the middle of London <laughs> this is gorgeous we're, we're in the middle of Kensington and uh, this uh, honestly I'm just so chuffed to bits because we ca- I came up with this concept of Walk with Lawrence uh, as a podcast and it can be tricky when it's blowing a gale, mm. um, when there are planes overhead and so on, but this is how I envisaged it, standing with a handsome chap <laughs> in the middle of this um, amazing garden in Kensington, blue skies overhead. Um, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted, so thank you very much. I know, this is exactly what I thought, actually. When you mentioned the title of the podcast, I was like, yeah imagine just like you know walking around here having a chat with you yeah well mate you've always been really supportive um of uh you know me and um that's something i've, I've seen in you as well is that you, you you've got an eye on what other people are doing as well yeah man. and definitely. i, I, I want to ask you about that in a second um but before i do i, I just want to sort of say you know to all the listeners here rupee this this podcast was meant to take place a few months ago uh-huh. a couple months ago but um it had to be cancelled what what happened there uh, you're the one who cancelled it, mate. <laughs> you were like on the front cover of a magazine, I was, and no. you sent me this long voicemail being super apologetic. I was no. like, mate, don't worry about it. It's no, fine. No. You're going to be in the front cover of a magazine. No, like. it, 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 what happened is, I, I it, it wasn't the front cover. It wasn't. Oh, wasn't that? It was, it was a TV else. commercial. Oh, that's it. But yeah, it, it was. A TV it was commercial, again, I didn't want to have to bring this up, yeah. but it was an accidental, successful audition on my behalf, yeah. which I thought was just a modelling casting, and I, I turn up and it's. It was um, an audition for an acting job for a TV advert 
for furniture, which mm. was out on Sky and ITV over Christmas in January. And I, um, I turned up for a few days before thinking, you know, oh, you know, I, this isn't really, you know, the job I'm going to get or anything like that. And then all of a sudden I did. And it was on the day, the job was on the day that we were meant to be meeting. And I was like, oh, I really 100% never expected to get it. And it was just going along for the experience. And I'm so sorry. And now again, I want to publicly apologise to you, Rupi, for, for accidentally getting the, the TV commercial. It sounds like I'm kind of trying to big myself up here slightly by saying, oh, I accidentally got a TV job. But I promise you, it was complete fluke. I just, I just messed around. Um, yeah, but um, apologies. And thank you very much for having me back. It's Give me right. a, a second chance. If it was like a Ricky Gervais-style apology there, yes. where I just, yes. I just have to apologise <laughs> for being so good at doing what you do. Yes, it was. Know. It was. <laughs> um, for all the other listeners, if you haven't had the chance to see the furniture advert, I'll post it on my socials uh, immediately after this. And you can I want to see this furniture ad as well. Yeah. Is it going to make me run out of my front door and want to buy a yes. cream sofa? I'm basically dancing around a showroom with my fake wife jumping on beds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like with 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 music and oh my god, it's comedy. Yeah, gold. it is a mate. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, I, yeah, you will love it. I'll send. I'll send In you. In ten link. years' time, I can imagine one of those Channel Five programs with like, oh, this is Lawrence Price ten years ago advertising sofas before he made all these trillions of pounds through his podcasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all good experience, isn't it? I love you know you know just kind of like throwing myself into new situations and seeing what happens and. I think as a small segment put aside for that kind of stuff. Anyway, enough of furniture adverts. We parked that one. I just want to say I'm sorry for being such a good actor and for accidentally nailing TV adverts by accident. It won't happen again. <laughs> You're nailing the Sunday brunch stuff as well, mate. I, I tuned in for that one. Um, oh, mate, that I, was awesome. That was really. You were just so effortlessly funny. Oh, as mate, well. I really didn't want to mention this. <laughs> I mean, from from one live national TV person to another. Thank you. <laughs> Should we just um, big each other up for yeah, yeah, and that'll be the that. podcast? Yeah, I'm sure everyone's still listening. <laughs> yeah. They definitely haven't switched this off. <laughs> okay, right. So, um, icebreakers. Let's. We don't need icebreakers because okay. we've known each other for years. But for the mm. sake of kind of, to be honest with you, taking care of the elephant in the room, which is talking about food, because mm. blah blah blah, food, blah blah blah, yeah. food. Right. Mm. Okay. Let's just talk about it. Okay. So you're, um, you're stuck on a desert island. Okay. Okay. Um, and you're allowed one cooking apparatus Ooh. to take with you. Cooking apparatus. And I'm assuming... Oh, Desert Island. Because the, the immediate thing I thought of there was a Nutribullet. But then rational mindset was like, whoa, you can't plug that in. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, it might be slightly flawed, this yeah, question. Yeah. Me, you know, <laughs> imagine you if you have all the electrical and gas amenities that you may need to make any <laughs> cooking apparatus work. I'll be honest, it will probably be my Le Creuset saucepan, um, the ceramic one, because, my word, they're an amazing... It's an amazing... I'm, I'm not sponsored by Le Creuset, by the way, but... You should I just be. Think, I know, I should be, yeah. In fact, Le Creuset, if you are listening, <laughs> I'm in the market to promote cookware. Um, but they're, honestly, they're, their products are incredible, and yes, they cost like 100 quid. They're eye-watering expensive, but, mate, I've had mine for well over a decade, and they are... Amazing. They're indestructible. Um, so if I was on a desert island, practically speaking, I think that would definitely be my go-to. Yeah. Mate, I'm so pleased you said that 
and so so because of the the gas and electricity situation would you make just a little fire and then you'd have your pan on that yeah beautiful absolutely. yeah yeah back to basics i love that yeah i would need to work out how to make a fire though that could uh, <laughs> scupper a lot of my plans <laughs> next next one is you allowed one spice mix so it's not just one spice, but one spice mix. So, you know, maybe it's a well-known spice mix or maybe you've made one yourself. Zatar. Without oh. a shadow of a doubt, Zatar. Yeah. What's that? Zatar is a, a, like a Middle Eastern spice blend with dried herbs like marjoram, oregano, sumac, cumin, sesame seeds. Um, it's got this beautiful, like, dark green tinge to it. Uh, and, uh, mate, I put that on everything. So yogurt, I put it on roasted vegetables. Uh, I put it... Like literally, you can go, it goes well with meat and fish. It's an amazing, amazing spice. Wow, blend. mate, yeah. mate, awesome. And any uh, as well as flavor, any medicinal quality? Uh, yeah, so sumac is the highest antioxidant content of any spice out there, next to clove. Um, a lot, a lot of people realise that sumac's from the Ross uh, plant, R H U S, and it's got like a dark burgundy sort of colour. And a, and a lemon zack like a, a real lemon sort of a sourness note to it um it honestly it lifts so many different dishes and yeah the medicinal value of of having herbs and spices is pretty well recognized i was actually asked in a podcast not podcast um one of the comments undo under a, a, a video i did about you know how uh appropriate is it to have herbs and spices in your food and how much of an effect that does that have on your total antioxidant um, consumption per day and there was a study that came out um, that showed I think 14 grams of any herb and spice particularly ones that have particularly high antioxidant value gives you the same amount of antioxidants as 150 grams of vegetables so whether it be a courgette or you know, uh, a marrow or hmm. butternut squash, or whatever. So actually, introducing herbs and spices into your diet does give a significant amount of extra nutrition to your overall dietary pattern. So, using herbs and spices is hmm. like a must, I think, for for everyone. Mate, it's great to hear that because uh, I've always kind of thought that I keep my ingredients simple: mm. the meat and veg, fish, veg, whatever it might be, mm. and then focus on the spices to bring the flavour and it's nice to know that you get an extra edge definitely um, definitely yeah and it that. doesn't all have to be turmeric and all that kind of stuff it mm. can be you know simple culinary spice uh, herbs like basil rosemary oregano they're just as impressive as the more exotic stuff okay yeah. um awesome okay next one one cooking oil oh cooking oil extra virgin olive oil again without a shudder of a doubt i use a bunch of different ones from italy uh greece um the Eastern European countries have good sort of uh, um, uh, olives as well, so Turkey's a good one, um, so Turkish oils rather, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's just such a versatile oil, man. Yeah, love it. Mate, I'm glad you said that as well, because again, I love to have it cold, obviously, as well, on my yeah. salads and yeah. so on. I like to, to dip bread into it. Mm-hmm. I like to pour some over my hummus. Yeah, fantastic, nice. fantastic. Yeah. I'm barking up the right tree then. Good, yeah. And Good. I, I cook with it as well, sorry, just for your listeners, because there's a lot of um, talk online about the smoking point of oils. And generally, they all have a smoking point between 180 to 200, uh, 205, 210 degrees centigrade. So as long as you're cooking at a low temperature, you're not going to degrade the oil. It's only when you take it to a high temperature 
which if you've ever made a steak with mm. extra virgin olive oil you'll see the, the billows of like yeah. white smoke just what I was thinking yeah yeah that's you don't want to use it for that everything else great awesome um, okay on that on that point steak uh-huh. uh, you allowed one protein uh-huh. uh, on this fake desert island uh-huh. um, yeah well, what would it be I mean this I mean if I had to have one protein it would be hemp seeds okay yeah really really good content in terms of total protein equivalent to chicken 100 gram to 100 gram and it has the full nine amino acid complement as well and similar to chicken yeah similar to chicken and the benefit of that on a desert island is that it also be giving me fiber as well Mm. so i wouldn't want to just have chicken on its own in on a desert island i'd want to have something that actually has a lot more than just the protein god you're good I thought about God, you're it. Good. It's like I've thought about yeah. it. I'm just making it up as I. You're yeah. so good, Ruby. <laughs> Plus, if you had the chickens in Desert Island, you don't eat them, keep them alive, let them lay eggs. You know, mm. that's, uh, a, that's you know a protein that, that keeps giving protein. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a very good point. Actually, I should have said that. You no, know, no. Your point, no, 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 Ruby. Your point was much better. Um, and then <clears throat> one carb. I mean, to be honest with you, these are weird questions because this is not saying everyone out there if you're going to choose one carb to live off or you know but i'm just saying i'm interested if you're on a desert island you know new a new person you're allowed to have one carb you know what starchy carb uh starchy carb what would it be and why i'm just interested yeah i would probably say uh a, a wild rice um so wild rice is like uh, a longer grain it's really dark in color and you have to cook it for like 35 40 minutes and it's got like a bit of a chewy texture uh, honestly the taste is like nutty it's filling yeah man i would definitely go for that oh, beautiful yeah and then the last one i promised um top three veg to have on this desert island of yours Ooh, top three veg okay um savoy cabbage uh brussels sprouts yeah i love brussels sprouts especially like you know roasting it mm. in my le crochet pan yeah <laughs> um and uh oh another veggie they're all green thus far. I probably need to inject some colour. Oh, butternut squash. I oh, like butternut squash. Yeah, yeah I love a yeah. butternut squash. Very versatile as well. Yeah, exactly. I like the way that, uh, you know, roasting it's obviously great, but say you want to mash it, you just lightly boil it and you mash it straight from that. You don't have to add anything. It just mashes Definitely. very, very well. Yeah. And tastes delicious. Well, if you did want to add something, butter. Yeah, I do <laughs> usually <laughs> add a lot of, half a, half a thing of butter. There's a lot of birds in here. It's beautiful. <laughs> this is we've got we've got ch- uh, children playing. We've got birds. This is again the authenticity. I don't mind all that. It's the it's those it's those low flying planes of Fulham and Clapham mm. Common that really get me, Rupee. But yeah. up in Kensington, this is glorious. It's right. There's nothing. There's definitely nothing strange about two men connected to a phone talking into furry mics in the middle <laughs> of a park with children. People are looking at us <laughs> right now and um, with with inquisitive faces. They're in, interested. They're intrigued. Um, Rupee. The new face of influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going deep. Right, we've, we've taken care of the food chat. No more food chat. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, is that all right? That's okay. I mean, I'm sure it's going to creep up into it at yeah, some point. You're right, you're yeah, you're right, you're right. But yeah. we, and it's not, you know, I love talking about food. Food is like, you know, I consider myself a foodie first and foremost, and then everything mm. comes after that. Mm. I love talking about food. But I know that you always get made to talk about food. Yeah. And I'm interested, and, I, and you know you're... Uh, your beans is that an expression <laughs> no my beans <laughs> better than my pulses maybe, maybe. that's that that famous expression about food and knowing what you're talking about how is that expression 
you know your anyway. I don't know. You know, you know when it comes to food, you know food very well. Yeah. And everyone knows you know food very well. But there's 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 a there's a lot going on to the impressive human being that is Rupee Aka the Doctor's Kitchen that I want to delve into a little bit now. And we touched on it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we touched on it earlier. Uh, loyalty and honour. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on these two things because from my point of view, you know, we've known each other for a few years yeah. and you as a human being, you know, have experienced amazing, well-deserved growth in that period. Now, two books out, uh, social media is growing, um, your podcasts, your appearances on national TV, press and so on. And, and it's absolutely amazing to see. But this whole time that you've been on this journey, you've always, always um, made a big effort to... Uh, to include me, to stay in touch with me, and when the the, the last book launch that you had, you, very, you so kindly gave me a shout out when you were giving your, your speech and your talk, and I, I was just so touched and humbled by the whole thing. And um, it occurs to me that you're someone who's very driven, very hardworking, but also has, as I said earlier, one eye on what other people are doing. And I think that is a very um, admirable attribute. Ruby. I appreciate that, man. I I think it's always good to like support each other I remember when I met you I remember exactly where we met it was at the blogger awards meet and greet thing and people were applying to you know be on this award show I was asked actually by the organisers to judge one of the categories like the health and wellness category and I remember like chatting to you I remember this thinking you're such a genuine dude and I went through all your social media afterwards sought you for a bit and then yeah we just connected since then and it's it's always nice in a world where social media can be quite ugly to make sure you support and you stay connected to people that deliver positive messaging um and you do that really well i think i've described you before as like the fitness uh version of alan partridge which you really are you said alan partridge meets bear grills that's it yeah yeah alan partridge meets bear grills yeah because you've done a lot of the outdoor stuff and i just thought it was brilliant but i, I love that by the way i, yeah. I completely embrace that thank yeah. you it's the and biggest I, compliment everyone's ever paid me because <laughs> yeah, like you know the youtube stuff like you added some humor to it you're, you're encouraging in that and um yeah man course, oh, mate, I, appreci- like, I appreciate it um I just wondered where this, um, where this uh, sense of uh, honour and loyalty came from uh, in your life. Is it something that you, you grew up um, talking about with you know, friends, family? Is it something that you've taken on yourself? I mean, where's it come, where's it come from? I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm really fortunate to have grown up with a supportive like, bunch of mates I wonder if you to stop No, no, that's fine. Yeah. I, that, do you know what? I think distant yeah. silence, it's, yeah, it's fine. It's the, it's the low-flying planes, but this is great. Yeah. It's quite nice having the police in the background, you know, yeah. doing the job, making sure that we're all safe in this park. I mean, most people are probably thinking, in this park, we're the threat. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, they're coming our way right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you yeah, know, I think, uh, like, I, I'm really fortunate to have grown up with a lot of bunch of friends. Um, Throughout medical school, I still keep in touch with a few people that have always had my back. I'm grateful for a lot of the events that have happened, both negative and positive. Um, And I think I've learned the hard way that making sure that you support people and making sure that you're um, 
you're adding to that cycle of positive energy um, is is the right thing to do and, and something that has helped me and will further help other people as well as you, as you go through your life. So, yeah, I, I, like, I wouldn't describe myself as like, you know, um, endlessly loyal or positive, but I just think there's a, a, a just things that we should normally do. It should just be the norm to have that moral code that perpetuates positive energy and and, um, and, and support to other people, man. Um, I've benefited it, I've benefited from it, um, and I think you just need to always give back in the small actions, not the big grand gestures, like, you know, me shouting you out in, in my in my talk uh, when you came to my launch. It's the small things as well. It's like, you know, the little voice notes that I send you, the little sort of high five when I see a good piece of content. The topless selfies. The topless selfies as well. Like, <laughs> reposting those, dude, <laughs> honestly. Those are my favorite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for the record Rupi doesn't send me top of selfies that was a joke <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> but, but from this point forward <laughs> I can do yeah sure um, but yeah no I, I just think it's just like uh, something that we just need to get into the habit of doing um, it's easy to focus on the negative yeah mm. it really is and I think you know when you're blessed to have so many different like pos- I think it might be from my medical experience as well whenever I'm in clinic I see so many negative things um, that it's important to, you know, remind yourself of just how lucky we are on mm. a daily basis. Mm. Um, to to yeah. give is to receive. Yeah. To give is to receive. Um, I, I, you know, I think that's such an important uh, mindset to adopt in terms of interacting with other humans, in mm. terms of, we're talking about the vibrations that you give off to the universe, mm. and, uh, the universe. Seeing as we're all connected, mm by one big vibration how it returns in favour um, I'm a big fan of the whole like you know uh, law of attraction mm. and how important it is to <laughs> sorry we, we just got a small child who's come to join the podcast hello <laughs> well, I have to get to sign a waiver yeah <laughs> um, but yeah no like Having uh, an idea of where you're going and focusing on it and visualizing on what it looks like, you know, I think that's, there is a lot of truth in that. Mm. I I feel that, you know, I've got, um, you know, goals and goals are good, Mm. but I feel like if I focus too much on trying to hammer out these big goals, Mm. uh, it's uh, A, it's a struggle because you've kind of got summit fever and you're focusing on the end point as opposed to enjoying the process. But I also feel like, they're less likely to happen <clears throat> when they when they seem to happen when good things seem to happen is when I, uh, I focus on the process and put my heart into the day-to-day um, actions or intent or, or or feeling you know it might it might just be simply you know emotion an emotional state that I try to cultivate um, and that's when good things seem to happen and I can't always explain how these things end up coming uh, to bear fruit um, but intent and the, the, the the positive mindset it seems to be really powerful yeah. i can't explain it though yeah yeah i think there's you know the little actions that we do reminding ourselves to breathe reminding ourselves of how lucky we are performing gratitude tasks every day walking through you know a park where you're exposed to natural scenarios natural scenery natural chemicals in the air that are emitted by um forests and, and, and trees and stuff there's a lot to that and the cumulative effects of all those different 
actions actually leads to a whole bunch of different positive benefits and we can try and dissect or I can try and dissect it and take a reductionist view of what chemicals are interacting with what how our diet's impacting it how you know our mental psychology is impacting it but overall it's just things that we should naturally do to improve our livelihoods and our well-being you talk very differently to traditional western medicine where it would be like take this pill to sort Mm. that out or um, you know, let's 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 snip this and, and put. You know, obviously there's a time and a place for everything, but it, you, you talk very differently to the traditional Western medicine approach. Mm. Um, do you find that this is an era in which, uh, from a medical practice point of view, there is change happening, and you're part of that change? Uh, I would say I'm contributing to a more holistic way of approaching symptoms of disease um i'm conventionally trained you know went to imperial i did five years before uh, becoming a gp and i've been working now in clinical medicine for over 10 years so I, i'm very much of the mindset that we have a lot to um thank uh conventional medicine for particularly when it comes to infectious disease and reducing um the impact of like cardiovascular issues etc and 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 acute medicine but when it comes to um, prevention of disease and uh, dealing with chronic issues we don't do a very good job because we apply that same acute medicine um, thinking to a problem that has a root cause in a, mul- a multitude of different things it's not one pill for every symptom it's what's behind that scratch the surface and I came to that because of my own experience with uh, a cardiovascular problem called atrial fibrillation which is where your heart beats irregularly and very fast I went through a whole bunch of different routes where I saw cardiologists and I was going to have an ablation procedure which is where they put a guide wire into the heart and they burn an area and no one really looked at like okay what was going wrong in my life at the time my diet was array my stress levels were through the roof i wasn't sleeping properly i had a brand new job as a junior doctor so night shifts and all the other stresses that come with that and when you fix those things it's quite incredible what can happen um and through my own experience that led me to have more open honest conversations with patients and um, sort of the rest is history. I got interested in nutrition, but I'm also interested in the wider determinants of, of health as well. And a lot more medics are getting involved in this now. Um, you know, not only from a patient point of view, but from a self-care point of view. Mm. We as a profession, and this isn't just doctors, it's all healthcare professionals, are generally very unhealthy. Um, and so we need to be mindful of you know how we can look after ourselves before looking after other people it's something i talked about in my first book and will continue to um expand the conversation on through culinary medicine as well i i freaking love it it's like music to my ears again coming being you know in the the wellness space myself from a fitness point of view and um it's just so it's so amazing to see um that this, this movement is happening and to us standing here having these conversations me as a fitness coach you as a doctor mm. um, there clearly is overlap um, and I'm, I'm excited to see you know where things go as well over the next 10 20 years yeah I, th- I think certainly the collaborative approach is something to welcome and you know the fact that we've connected and you know there's a whole bunch of other people that you've expanded your network 
toward like you know well-being coaches psychologists it's great man because that's ultimately how you know we improve the health of multiple people and the ripple effect is that it reaches the most vulnerable because let's face it people following me on instagram or whatever the social networker is are probably not those that need it the most mm. um, and I'm very aware of that which mm. is why we started colouring medicine in the first place mm. something unconscious is, is, is not just uh, looking at the world from inside our own echo chamber mm. as fitness coaches you know we've got uh, this small kind of group of uh, fitness professionals who love the training you know yeah. absolutely live for it yeah. but what about the mass populations outside of that who um, struggle to um, to to be motivated, struggle to action out um, any kind of, uh, you know, intent and desire to, mm. to train and to exercise. Um, I think I think that's that's the big kind of challenge and the big goal um, is to find the appeal and to help people to, what's the term, get up off, get, get off the sofa, yeah. get active yeah, and so on. Uh, that sounds really patronising when you yeah. say it like that, yeah. uh, when I say it like that, but uh, that's that's the term I've heard people yeah. use. But yeah. just, I just want people to, um, to get a taste for the, the feeling that you get from exercise the feel good factor mm. um, and to focus on that rather than these endpoints of um, oh I need to exercise uh, because it will you know get me from A to B in terms of body composition or whatever mm. it might be um, there's so much good stuff that happens in the middle that I would love people um, to focus on as I say outside of the fitness echo chamber um, the, the good feeling and so you know if we focus on the good feeling that we get um from exercise and we're more likely to exercise most days because we want to feel good most days mm. um, anyway Rupi I want to ask you a little bit about fear okay I want to ask you about fear you I don't remember when this was maybe a couple of years ago now but it was one of your early appearances on TV mm-hmm. on this morning I think ITV mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I think you got like a last minute call to, to go in the morning and it disrupted your night's sleep because obviously it was playing on your mind. Um, and there's all sorts of emotions that you go through that, you know, it verges on fear, I suppose. Um, and I remember you did a really interesting post the next day talking about the understanding that you were acknowledging that it's just your ego. Um, and you had almost, you were internalizing it through this conversation that you were having with your deeper true self and your ego. And you were finding the rationale behind why this fear was present. Um, and I, uh, I thought you spoke about it so eloquently. Oh man, you've been studying my posts. <laughs> man, I, I watch you. I watch you. <laughs> That's um, yeah, man. I remember. I remember that uh, vividly because um, I, uh, I think we all go through life thinking that the universe revolves around us <laughs> and what we're up to and stuff, and we've been trained to believe that, right? Through what social media has taught us, what parents have taught us what our, you know our relationships with other people around that have taught us and when you remove your ego from the situation you realize how meaningless it is for you to worry and have fear not to say that you know you shouldn't have fear or you shouldn't convert that that um nervous energy into something positive because if you don't have that then you don't care about it enough but simultaneously, you need to make sure that it doesn't consume you as well. And I think, you know, when you do all these grand projects like live TV or whatever, it might be even, you know, talking in front of a room of 10 people or uh, 
go into an exam for example it, it, it's super stressing and you want to be able to like dis, disassociate yourself from the feeling um, while still maintaining like you know what you actually want to achieve from the situation and so yeah when I when I posted that about fear and realizing fear is just a manifestation of my own ego um, it was quite liberating to actually understand that it still takes a lot of practice once you realize it that's just like the first step then you actually have to live and breathe the process of not getting caught up in your own emotions mm. and the only way you've got to t- tackle these uh, obstacles these challenges i find head on you know to get through it um but, you know reading up on the psychology of it all the step one right and then putting it into practice um someone said recently that if it doesn't work when it's on fire it doesn't work <laughs> and i was like oh, that's interesting they were talking about fitness but i was i was relating it to some of the emotions i was feeling again about standing up in front of live audiences yeah. going to in the fear factor but wanting to be able to perform and do it justice and mm. like it's one thing being able to stand up on my own in front of a client and mm. have a deeper meaningful conversation about what i believe in but um i've set myself the challenge to be able to do that in front of audiences in front of tv cameras or whatever it might be as well that's the challenge um so behind all these highlights that we see of you mm. um you know wh- whether it be on, on tv or as i say the papers wherever it might be are you are you on quite a deep personal growth journey do you think huge massive imposter syndrome massive like whether that be in clinic whether that be in nutrition because i think the more you um learn about the world the more you uh, study particularly for me in terms of nutritional sciences the more you realize how little you know and you, the more you realize how little you know, the more you get paranoid that, wow, I wonder what's gonna happen when people find out how little I know, you know? And, yeah. and the reality is, you know, I've never described myself as an expert or, or anything like that. I'm, I'm just well-read in the subject and I'm passionate about it. And I think I know enough to deliver safe, effective communications to people that can better their lives, that's it. But, you know, simultaneously, there's always that fear behind the gram that you know i'm gonna get found out one day do you know what i mean it's such an irrational fear really irrational but Mm. that's that's how i feel um and also i think i I should say that beyond the gloss of the gram and sometimes i look through my gram and people must must think that i eat this like clean living lifestyle my whole life and that's why i've got into the the uh, sort of habit of posting reality pictures of me eating a prep soup because I wasn't able to prepare anything the night before or having a pizza at the end of my late shift at 11 p.m. because I'm bloody hungry and I haven't eaten dinner because A&E has been so busy. You know, Mm. you have to show the reality of the situation, not just your perfected sort of self um, when people are looking to get inspiration from you. Mm. Um, I think it's kind of weird that the position that I'm in because I've realized I'm not just a um, a, uh, a personal brand I'm I'm trying to create a brand simultaneously mm-hmm. and so it's even more important to make sure I get that balance right and I'm not giving people mixed messages yeah I feel you know social media gets a hard time but I feel that we're, we're getting into better and better territory all the time with uh, people sharing the full 360 um, experience of, of living a fitness-led lifestyle mm. it doesn't mean that you train every day or uh, if you have a, a focus on um, 
eating uh, in a certain way that actually you don't adhere to that day in day out it's mm. just uh, it's not the reality of it and I think hopefully people are getting a better more accurate snapshot of uh, what life is really like yeah totally yeah. man absolutely so um, in, in going back to the the fear topic um, and um, the, you talked a bit about imposter syndrome are there, are there any kind of tools that you use any mental mindset tools that you use um, that you might be able to share with us about how you cope and how you deal with the challenges yeah definitely man the, the most important thing I think and I've shared this on my gram the last few years is gratitude and being really uh, I would say really strict by doing a, a gratitude exercise daily um, has really helped me get over the fears because it, it again enforces that idea of I'm so insignificant in this and the fear and the negative energy is coming from my ego rather than you know a place that's actually going to help me and the mission which is to help everyone live healthy happier lives using food and lifestyle medicine and so the gratitude exercise that I do is just thinking about three things that I'm grateful for every single day and I do this offline as well as online and man it can literally be like this is definitely going to be my gratitude exercise today the fact that we got to connect and hang out before and after the podcast um, those little things you forget otherwise because if you don't bring it to your conscious attention then it just falls by the wayside mm. and we have a natural inclination to focus on the negative things and that's an evolutionary thing mm. I might add we have to be uh, we have to be risk averse and we need to be um, we've evolved to thrive in conditions where we are not supposed to thrive as, as, as human beings, as homo sapiens. So we naturally have a tendency to focus on negative things to protect ourselves. Unfortunately, in a day where we're bombarded with negative energy, we hold on to those different things. Mm. So we have to make a conscious effort to focus on the positive. And I think the gratitude exercise definitely mm. has helped me with that. It's that negativity bias, isn't it? As yeah. you say, um, an, uh, an ancestral programming that we have to identify in order to be able to you know, cope with it. You never overcome it. It's mm. part of us, it's in our DNA, but to be able to um, withstand the pressure that your ego will put you under when it tries to keep you safe if you're approaching a big event, whatever it might be, yeah. and your ego is saying to you, this is a scary situation, run, don't turn yeah. up. But actually that doesn't serve your true self and your deeper values, which are, I want to get my message out to these people. I want to, um, I want to create something with this life that I have. Um, it's a huge undertaking that to be able to um, offset against um, something which is uh, a huge mental challenge but still get your meaningful work done. Mm. Um, they say that um, the antidote to fear is gratitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, obviously you, you actually became very well known for your, your gratitude journaling that you mentioned yeah. that you would you do gratitude every day. How many days did you get to on social media that you were posting? Seven, over 700 days. Wow. So it was like over two years. Mm. And I remember like the reason why I stopped sharing it as often, because I still do it intermittently, is um, it's just because it was getting in the way of me being true to myself. Mm -hmm. And actually there are certain things that I wanted to be grateful for that were private. Mm. Um, and I had to think of things that I was able to share as well as things that I wanted to be grateful for as well. And so that's when I realized, you know what, I'm gonna do this offline, continue to, as I had done before then. Um, 
but yeah I'm glad because people still remember that and I haven't done it like I, I, I stopped the, on day 700 something uh, a while ago now and people still remember that gratitude exercise I think it's testament to how long people have been following me and yeah the retention of people's attention actually is, is something that I think is a, is a good metric of success so even if you mm-hmm. have 100 or 200 people that you can influence you know if they with you long haul that shows that you're putting out good content and i think yeah. that's that's yeah it's really encouraging for me um there's also something in the the whole like phrase of feeling the fear and doing it anyway if something like i said earlier if you if you're not bothered about something you don't get nervous mm. it's probably because you don't care mm. you know it's probably because it's not that important mm. um and if it's not that important why are you wasting your time with it i've i've realized you know the more times I get asked to speak and all that kind of stuff you know I'm learning to say no a lot more and only really put myself in uncomfortable situations um, where like I can actually deliver and it will help me grow as a person and will help you know deliver on them on the mission as well my friend Ben uh, has a saying that he uses um, which is make um, easy decisions live a hard life make hard decisions live an easy life and I think it's possibly could be also applied to um, actions as well so take hard actions or make hard actions and um, or execute hard actions and live an easy life you know it's, it's sometimes the easy option to step away uh, and not to confront those fears and to to overcome them and yes that will lead to an easier life because you'll be less fear in this less fearful state um, but there's a risk of of missing out on some of that personal growth um, there's a risk in, in not fulfilling um, what your, your deeper values want you to, to set out to fulfil. Um, which, Rupi, I feel you're doing a fantastic job, I have to say. Oh, thank you, Lawrence. It's only just beginning, isn't it? This is just the start. It, I'm glad you said that, because that's how I feel. Mm. I think a lot of people, my friends in particular, will come, oh, oh my God, you're so successful, you got these books and stuff. And yeah, like I need to get better at, like, taking a step back and realizing how far we've come but um in my mind it's literally like step one Mm. step half Mm. you know there's so much more i need to do the more you do the more you realize there's left to do it's like the same thing with studying the more nutrition i learn the more i realize how insignificant my knowledge is in the grand Mm. scheme of things um but then to take a step back i'm trying to bring people on the journey with me and trying to educate the masses and you know if Jamie Oliver was looking back now like 20 25 years he probably at like one year or two years in probably had no idea where he would be right now mm. uh, and if he got consumed with how much there is still left to do he probably wouldn't have been one of the most prolific educators of food and cooking and you know people who who's I mean he's literally been an inspiration to millions of mm. our generation he's amazing globally so yeah that's um it's sort of like a, what i need to remind mm. myself of your next step the, the next step ahead of you that you're taking on this on this exciting journey is did you say to create an online um is it app or yeah so it's it's basically a digital shopping list so it's a 
it's a shopping list generator that connects with online supermarkets who deliver the ingredients to your door, allowing you to cook Doctor's Kitchen meals every day, every week. Amazing. So that will be the first iteration of it. But what I really want to do is fill that vacuum in between medicine, uh, as in your traditional medical professional and the patient, um, whereby a, a patient is diagnosed with, let's say, high blood pressure, or they have a risk for cardiovascular disease and the professional will be like you need to improve your diet and what happens is you know you give them a sheet or you tell them to eat a certain way and they fall off the wagon invariably but instead I want it to be okay follow a doctor's kitchen style way of eating and we can annotate a dietary pattern for that person for their nutritional requirements based on whatever their medical issue is so high blood pressure uh, meal might be high in nitrates, loads of different greens, wow. lots of fiber content, and again, annotated to their dietary preferences as well. And so we can allow them to eat that way. And I essentially want that to be part of the NHS service. Wow. So, yeah, man, I, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, That's huge. And if your strike record is anything to go by, <laughs> keep an eye out, everyone, because that will be, be happening soon um, and that, that will literally be life-changing as I well. I hope so, yeah. I really hope so man because I realise that there's only going to be so many people that will see what I do and follow it. I really I think we need to be in, in that in the in the game of, of leading people and guiding people a yeah. lot more yeah. um, and I feel that this could be an interesting project to, to dedicate what the Doctor's Kitchen mm. stands for. There's always a there's a bridge between theory and practice that isn't always crossed by people. Yeah. Um, and, and we're all guilty of it, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and finding those bridges um, is uh, it's the holy grail, I would say. Um, so good luck with that with that next venture, Rupi. And um, I want to just wrap things up now, if I may. Yeah over the 50 minute mark we're coming up to an hour which is which is perfect now. i'm really impressed at how like warm you you look i'm not my hand is frozen my, as i hold the my feet i can't feel my feet <laughs> it's really bitterly cold today the sun is 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 quite confusing well, should we shuffle back into the we, we keep shuffling kind of into more sun away from the the, yeah, the oh, shade that's, that's <laughs> there nice. we go yeah that's much nicer now rupee um, it's a bit of a funny one this probably not what you're usually used to on the podcast that you do but bear with me I usually finish um, as you know I asked you what your favourite song is at the moment oh, or this yeah. current chapter of your life mm. and I messaged you yesterday and you sent back your, your answer and I normally ask that question so that at the end of each episode I can have this discussion uh, with my guests and um, we'll just see you know I'm just interested in what make people tick and I'm, I love music and I'm interested in the power music has over us emotionally um, and why we connect with certain songs at certain periods of our life so the song that you sent me was Seaside as in the letter C hyphen side yeah. uh, a play on words for A side or B side um, and how do you pronounce the, the you band? know what I don't know how to pronounce yeah. a band it's like <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I so Kranbing yeah Kranbing yeah they're supporting Tame Impala at the moment in Australia um, and uh, they just randomly popped up onto my Spotify playlist I love it when that happens and it works yeah. so good the algorithms have got you figured out mate to a T <laughs> so I listened to the song um, I 
I don't want to sound like a dad when I say it, but groovy, very cool, very a lovely vibe to it. The lyrics, um, she got them red heels on, gold hanging from her ears, Milanin lady. What does that mean? (laughs) Milanin lady. Uh, (laughs) She's got her jig on strong. It's so good to be here with you. Somebody's going to fall in love tonight, and I hope we make sweet love tonight. God created you in the heavens just for me, just for me, been wanting so long for a woman like you to make me feel so right. Ah, oh, man, you are, this is, this is like romance. This is, this is a romantic song, mate. It, it is, it's very romantic. And, and I, I, I almost thought, ah, oh, should I ask you? Because I don't want to get personal, but. I mean, yeah, you can ask me. I'm, I'm in a relationship right now. Um, and I think uh, it's, there's a number of things about that song that really have resonated with me. First of all, it's quite a happy vibe song mm. as well. It's not overly enthusiastic. It's quite chilled and relaxed. Mm. And I think that's where I'm at at a point in my life romantically mm. and business-wise as well. There are things that are sort of like clicking into place. Still a lot of things that need to be put in place, but I'm, I'm seeing sort of the direction now. Um, and... I think it's just fortuitous that that just popped up in my Spotify playlist because immediately, as soon as I heard Seaside, and I, I encourage your listeners to listen to it because I, it's honestly uh, a song that's touched me in, in many ways. I've only just been listening to it for the past like three, four weeks or so. Um, it just sort of fit with how I was in that moment. And every time I listen to that song, and I've been listening to it like on repeat the last couple of weeks now. Um, yeah there's a few elements to it that just resonate with how I am mm. at the moment and yeah like I'm in a relationship I've been in a relationship for like a year and a half now um, and it's it's very relaxed I'm mm. very very lucky to be with such an understanding person and um, who just gets this kind of crazy double triple life <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a triple life I thought for sometimes mm. you know there's like the educational aspect the narcissistic social media side <laughs> the writing the business yeah it's just loads of and then the clinical work it's like yeah it's random but um yeah no it, it really spoke to me i'm glad you pulled you, you pulled up the song because i think that's a really good way to end not just the serenading part of it which i thoroughly enjoyed um but uh but just you know the music aspect because mm. i think it does speak to a lot of people 100 i think it's it, music is so important in my life. It's so important in so many people's life. And hearing you speak again so eloquently about it there, and there's, there seems to be a seamless representation of where you're at, as you say, in your life at the moment. Um, I love the way you put that. Uh, as you say, you know, you have these vibrations. You put it out to the universe. The universe responds via the algorithms of Spotify. But it sent you that song to almost, <laughs> um, which encapsulates this current chapter of your life. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, with us Rupi thank, thank you, you for man. chatting um, away it's you know it's, it's always an absolute delight to spend time with you and you are a busy busy man so I really appreciate it um, and I know that all, all the listeners will too um, for anyone looking to find you it's Doctor's Kitchen yeah the doctorskitchen.com the newsletter is probably the best place where we pump out two recipes every week and um, that'll be the first place where you'll find out about all the new projects and stuff um, yeah super excited about it man Cool. Thank you so much, buddy. My pleasure. 
Okay, this is the outro. The podcast is now finished. But don't hang up the phone yet. I mean, turn off the phone. I mean, turn off the podcast because I have one more favour to ask you. If you liked the podcast, which presumably, if you got this far, you did, I did something right, please subscribe. Please leave a review. And most importantly, please tell all of your friends because it's just going to be so embarrassing if no one listens to this. I need you on my side to push this out into the world wide web. Please, please help. Please tell everybody, please. And thank you so much. Write a review. Have you done it yet? Have you written that review? See you next time. Bye. Have you written the review yet? <laughs>